0: universe is made of stories, not of atoms. This quote by Muriel Rukeyser, an American poet and political activist, can also be applied to the cosmos of your brand. Because great brands are also made of stories, not of numbers or spreadsheets. If you want to build an outstanding brand that resonates with your audience, that aspires to be a love brand, you need to tell great stories. That puts creativity, design, and storytelling at the heart of your brand. A crucial factor when it comes to business success and customer loyalty. And today you will learn how creativity can build a successful luxury brand. Sweet people, welcome to the Sweet Spot Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Zeus, and if you want to find and share the sweet spot of your brand, you've come to the right place. Today, I'm talking to Susanne Weber-Euler, she's Head of Design at Niche Beauty, a luxury lifestyle brand for beauty products. Founded by two sisters, the German online shop Niche Beauty shook up the beauty market by curating and presenting exclusive niche products to a wider audience. I will talk to Susanne about what it means to be Head of Design, about strategic brand building and how she works with her creative team and within the company. As a former art director in a news publishing house and founder of a fashion company, Susanne combines entrepreneurial knowledge with her design skills. She gives us insights on her creative routines and workflows and how creativity contributes to the brand's success. From collaborations to strategic storytelling and creating design-driven products. If you want to learn firsthand how great design and content marketing can make a difference and push your brand to the next level, check out my talk to Susanne. Weber Euler. Welcome to the sweet side. This is the sweet spot podcast with Mark Zeuss, investigating entrepreneurship, purpose and the creative life. Sweet people, I welcome to the studio today, Susanne. Hey, nice to have you on the show. How are you?
1: I'm uh, feeling great. Um, yeah. And thanks for inviting me.
0: Of course. Nice to have you. You know what? I didn't have the time to exfoliate today. I hope that's okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yes, I can accept that. Okay.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay. Then, then I'll, I can relax now and start with the interview. That's perfect.
1: We do it after the show, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: Because actually, we talked about this just uh, in in our pre-talk. If you're a man and you're looking for beauty and luxury products, it's a rising market. I know, but it's not that easy to find it yet. You mostly have to buy female products so far.
1: That's right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. We we gonna we gonna scratch that later. That's interesting. <laughs> well, I think we should start with your with your amazing job description. If You're not from the design industry. If you don't have any idea about what designers do, head of design sounds amazing. (laughs) So you're the head of design at Niche Beauty, a company that is at first glance an online reseller for luxury beauty products, but you see yourself not as an online store or e-commerce shop. It's a lifestyle brand. So design plays a huge part for your whole brand, for your whole company, in your shop, for products. You have a magazine, blog, social media. What does your job as head of design look like maybe on a day-to-day basis and in the long-term strategy for Niche Beauty?
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, I try to um, keep it a little short because it's sure. a very um, complex field. Um, That's good. Um, so um, the design team, uh, it's uh, six people. Mm-hmm. And um, so uh, there's a part of the people um, who are putting all the pictures to the website. Yeah and um, editing and there are some people who are doing the print stuff there are people who are um making the creating the content for the social media channels okay. and instagram is our most important channel so what we're doing is we are producing all the content and we are doing for example newsletters on a daily base in different languages so we are making our magazine um, two times a year mm-hmm. then we are producing photo shootings um Twice a month, I would say, or more often sometimes yep. because um, the special thing about Niche Beauty is um, that we do curated shopping. Mm-hmm. So we really select the products before and what does not fit to our quality um standards um we don't we don't show it and we don't create it so we stand with our brand promise and the brand promise is very um high settled so it's um strictly luxury strictly selective so we try to find the best um cosmetics in the whole world internationally and we want to see it from a um, conscious aspect and from a luxury aspect so we are testing everything we have our own seal our own clean seal for approval which is um one of the strongest in the um whole um business wow so we really check the ingredients and we really check uh, the story and the founders and everything and so it's only curated products and when we choose to say okay this brand or this product is good enough to come on our platform Mm -hmm. then um we have the um, all the different brands we have about 300 brands international brands on our platform um then we have to create a look for them because they're all very different. Some are more like um, they look very clean and ecological. Others are more colorful and more pop art. So um, for us in the graphic design team, we um, decide a look that we think is seasonal, trending at the moment. And we put all these products together and give them the whole new look yeah that's what we do and this okay. we do on a 360 degree um approach so we put we we um, create campaigns um for every season to be honest for every week so we have every week we that's have amazing. a new wow. we have a new 360 degree um campaign to um for example we have uh new trends or product lounges <laughs> or um corporations with celebrities and stuff like that and um yeah and all this must be produced so That's, yeah we do the photo shootings um, we make corporations with influencers to produce videos we do a lot of graphic design also for flyers magazine newsletters mm-hmm. and all the stuff that is on the website
0: so okay i get your your team structure and your 360 degree approach but really if i would follow you around for a whole day what does your day as head of design look like I mean you can't go into every single image every photo shoot I guess you have to be the what exactly is, is your job are you only on a conceptual level do you dive in into several projects and designs how does that look
1: um. I think it's a mix of being, uh, of doing management and conceptual work, and uh, of doing uh, operational stuff mm-hmm. too, which makes the job very great for me because I don't know if I could do only one thing. Yeah. Because I always want to um, really do my work and design and be with t- typography and uh, select the pictures or uh, think about what what kind of stuff we put in the picture, for example, exactly. and and what's uh, yeah. So um, when. What I do a day in a day is, for example, I structure the team a lot. I mm-hmm. think 30% is talking to the team releases for, they show me their work and I yep. say, if it's okay. And we we talk a lot about the work, it's teamwork. So I, I see the layouts of my team and I talk about it with them. We discuss everything and make it better or different. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah
0: yeah that's that's interesting do you work a lot with like design masters that you can work on and recreate or is every single weekly 360 campaign completely new from scratch
1: we really um create a lot of new campaigns every week because we want to be and we also enjoy it to have the opportunity to always be on a state of the art you know mm-hmm. we want to be a little mm-hmm. bit avant-garde if I, if we see a trend a visual trend on the internet we try to um, make it um, uh,
0: incorporated, in, incorporate incorporated in, in
1: our campaigns yeah. so wow. but what we also do what I especially do is um, that's why it's maybe head of design and not some kind of graphic design mm-hmm. I also design um, our GVPs and merchandise so we have a lot of bags cosmetic bags and um, shoppers and Sometimes we also had socks or hoodies and stuff, um, and I'm designing that too.
0: That's great. So for all people listening who don't know what it is, what is GVP?
1: Oh, sorry. It's a gift with purpose. So a gift with purpose is, for example, if you shop um, up to... um, for 20, uh, for $200, for mm-hmm. example, you get a present from us. Yep. So we want the people to shop more. And then we, um, yeah, you, you get, for example, a nice bag and the bag is filled with newnesses you can try. And, um, and it happened that everybody loves the bags so much. So we're producing even more bags. And now we are, um, yeah, sometimes we say, okay, we have to be careful that we're not like, um, becoming a bag label yeah. because yeah. everybody is, so when is the next niche beauty bag coming in
0: but that's like a best case scenario if you come up with a little <laughs> merchandise idea design giveaway or something and people love it that much i mean that's that's perfect isn't it
1: yes <laughs> that's cool
0: so and i wondered if you can i mean the the things you can openly talk about but i'm interested in as the head of design what is your responsibility in terms of strategic goals for one year maybe in five years i mean there is a kind of you're so design driven as a lifestyle brand um how closely do you work with the general management and the long-term strategy goals of the brand
1: and we are very we we are working very close um we're meeting um more more, one time the week um, Mm -hmm. is minimum Mm -hmm. so uh, with the um yeah, we are working together with the CEOs and with the marketing. So we are one very close team. So we are trying to get more revenue and mm-hmm. it's uh, a big part for us in the design. So I don't know how to explain it for non-designers, but every designer knows uh, exactly what I mean. It's, it's, if you do good design, it's communication. So you communicate what is the good thing in the USP about the product? What yeah. is the good thing about this bag you can get? What, what, what is your, um, why does why do you have to shop now and yep. at this moment so and this you have to show graphically and um, if you do good design you really feel it you mm-hmm. you really uh, see the results so the people you have the reality on on uh, the internet because the people are clicking or not clicking yep. it so it's not like um, like city lights uh, where exactly. where you don't know uh, who is who is seeing the the the, the artwork yep. so we have a direct response to everything because we are like an e-commerce um, company and yeah. we are on social media so we see directly if it works or if it not works so we are always trying to make it better and um, the communication and that's the main goal to communicate cool. better and um, to stay luxury but also implement new trends and a little mm-hmm. craziness and to sometimes we get a little edgy because um because it's um, a field of fashion and beauty uh, yeah. it's it's modern and we we like it but you have to keep the balance um, of um, the luxury brand too.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I want to dig into this a little more because you said you want to design for revenue, which is amazing because this is something that not a lot of people relate to. They think design makes things more beautiful or even long-term brand imagery and stuff like that. But you can really, especially in e-commerce, you can really see the impact by optimizing your design. You get more clicks, you get more revenue. That's really great. So... And also the whole creativity plays a huge role for your brand. As you said, you're a multi-brand channel, 300 plus brands, and you do so many creative storytelling formats, like um, you curate products, you select your brands, you have your own photo studio, you do your own channels. So um, I I wondered, is there one design or storytelling case that you're especially proud of? Like one thing that was a huge success or that you keep going every year, every month, every week, maybe.
1: Okay, I have one good example because um I don't know if the um, listeners know Gucci Westman and Westman Atelier. It's a very um sophisticated brand from New York. So it's clean luxury, which is a new trend. So you want luxury and you want it clean and um, conscious. Yeah in every way so Gucci Westman is a celebrity makeup artist since 20 30 years she's the best friend of all these uh, celebrities everyone knows from the films you can see it um, and they and she is um, sharing a lot of makeup tips and stuff so she has um, her own brand um, Westman Atelier which is a very nice brand and they for example they have a foundation and um, so in the foundation it's like makeup so uh it has very many different colors so yep. you don't know which shade fits your yep. fits your face and then we made a shade matching event live on instagram with her and her team nice. so um the customers could say with the l'oreal makeup i have shade number three mm-hmm. and my skin is like this yep. so which shade of the 30 shades from your brand would fit to my uh, skin colors so um we did um Uh, counseling Mm -hmm. um, about the shades so the customers because the difficult thing is we are not like um, if you go into a shop you can test all the different makeup colors and look which color fits your face so how do we have the possibility as an online e-commerce shop to show our customers which shade fits their skin Uh, especially during corona when everyone was at home so uh, we made this event and everybody was very happy so the customers could directly buy the product that fitted their skin
0: that's amazing that's a that's a very cool case because also it's it's a great media format you're doing live you have a you have a influencer with you a celebrity makeup artist that's a textbook great case thanks also i i definitely have to ask you about this you publish a magazine i think it started online but you started producing print copies right and you have over forty thousand copies you send out is that correct
1: uh, we have sixty thousand copies okay, sent okay. out. Okay, <laughs> I have an old source. So wow. we are now we are, we are becoming bigger than some uh, German women's Absolutely. magazines. Maybe Absolutely. we're one of the biggest at the moment. Um, yeah, we have sixty thousand. We have um, magazines, and the magazine is uh, shows all our new products and trends. And um, I think we have it since five years. Yeah. So every customer um, gets the magazine with his um, order
0: so because i'm super interested in that story i mean you started with the blog and with amazing digital storytelling was it just trial and error or when did you know that putting out a print magazine which is crazy because the whole print industry is struggling a lot of magazines are dying and you as a brand say you know what we can totally put out a print magazine and it's a huge success how did you come up with it was the market research or just trial and error or how did you know you can put out a print copy of that
1: I think it started with not uh, 60,000 in the beginning, sure, sure. so we just uh, tried it and um, I think in a luxury market so I think nothing is only digital mm-hmm. so I cannot think about any product that's that's, not, that's only digital so I think every product, even an e-commerce shop um, can be experienced um, with a magazine for example, since two years we have QR codes in our mm-hmm. magazine so if you are enjoying the magazine it's a different situation you lay back you have maybe your coffee you have you don't want to have your digital mobile phone where every time there's it's it's blinging and um, you have messages and stuff like that so you want to really relax and uh, but then you have the possibility to look at the products to read more in a relaxed mode in a laid back mode and you can read about the founders and because it's so interesting to read about our products who are the company is called niche beauty because it's niche products mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it's like a small company where they for example le prunier they have their own plum fields uh, ecological and they are making their uh, oils out of the seeds of the plums nice. and um oh. And you can see pictures of them going through the fields in the Provence. And um, so you get a totally different feeling than if you're online shopping and you just see a jar and that's written. This is a cool uh, plum oil, but um, Mm -hmm. so you get a totally different feeling and story. uh, the story goes much deeper and you can experience a lot more. And if you want to read more about it or see a video about it, you go into the internet on our Instagram and you see the founder maybe telling her story so it's uh yeah it's this 360 cross degrees yeah. cross media it has all um it's all connected and it's all one um one big story so one big yeah. feeling on every um on every
0: device that's amazing well maybe before we dig into more of your success stories and your whole strategy i wondered where you draw inspiration from you said you wanted to be up-to-date scouting trends do you have people scouting them? Is that your job? And where do you look at other magazines, interior design, fashion? Where do you look for new trends and, and designs?
1: Um, good question. So I'm, we ha- don't have people scouting for us. So we are scouting on ourselves mm-hmm. and mainly me and um, our CEO. We have two CEOs and one is no. also um, like the creative director and or the chief creative officer. Yeah. So it's teamwork. And um, I can talk for me, for example, I consumed a lot of media in the last 20 years. Yeah, I really saw a lot in the pop culture. I, I really I'm soaking it in for 20 years. Yeah. So I'm a little nearly like overloaded. So at the moment, I also check what's going on on TikTok, but not too long. Mm-hmm. Um, what I do is... <laughs> I'm going for a walk in nature yeah um because when i consume too much i try i, I start to um compare or i start to oh i want this too yeah. ah they yeah. already did it so i'm, I'm all, nearly stressed about it so i really want to be very clear in my mind yeah. and then i want to be as clear as possible so i um, for example i don't watch tv or netflix since 20 years yeah. um I know everything that's on, but uh, sure. I don't have to, have to look it. Uh, binge to understand. And yeah. no, yeah. you know what I mean. But I, I don't. I, I know the optic of Game of Thrones, and I know the optic of Germany's next top model, even if I didn't mm-hmm. have seen it. Sure. Um, but when I go to in, to nature, for example, um, and my mind is going very clear, and I wait for the things that pop up when my mind isn't empty and if then something pops up then maybe it's really relevant and i think it's a mix of all the society i'm very interested in history and politics and um and the society itself mm-hmm. and the, the the trends are coming automatically i don't yeah. i don't think the trends are coming from a beauty influencer The trends are coming from society so and they come into all the people and everybody is feeling it and no one is talking really talking about it. but you you can really feel for example when i had this uh this this um fashion label um there was a trend of sweets and uh pink stuff and unicorns and stuff like that yeah and um because it was the time when trump was voted and reality started to be not so nice again now it's even worse but um Yeah, and so the people loved fantasy, and they loved. Um, and now it's the same with the war. The people love to look back. They love the 90s and the 80s because it was a feeling. Everyone, everything was safe, and um it was a different time. And now they're the 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 18 year olds and the and the teenagers are wearing 90s clothes because they they want to feel that safety again. And they always hear from their parents in the 80s everything was safe and good, and they want to experience that. So yeah, you see that in the absolutely. in the clothes, and then you see that in the makeup too. Yeah, and no. I think
0: you see it in in, in in media as well. At least here in Germany, we have all these revival shows from the 90s um, that pop up again. And it's like, uh, there lack of ideas for new TV formats, for example. But no, I think they recycle it for exactly that reason. To give you that feeling, that sense of home and back in the days. And I think it's very interesting what you just said. A lot of creatives I had on the show, designers or artists... They explain it very similarly to you. They say they have so much input visually, artistically from their design practice that they sometimes, if they really want to dig for inspiration or curate their thoughts, they have to shut it all out. It's like going on a, on a visual diet, go out into nature or whatever and then you see what emerges, what is important, what resonates with my clients, society. Absolutely. That's really interesting.
1: And um, one point uh, is important too, I think, reality, you know, uh, to be in reality, experience, to really experience reality and to go outside of your own bubble, for example, to different parties, to different places, to different cities, and not only doing hanging around with design people watching design magazines going to design parties yes. <laughs> hearing design music which so is great fun but which is great yeah. fun too but it's also um, yeah it's not so inspiring I, I love to experience new stuff and yeah uh, yeah. yeah
0: you got to be careful not to feature yourself like in a huge circle <laughs> design refeaturing. yeah yeah so more more on the strategy side because all the designers or creatives listening even marketing people they maybe wonder what your clients look like and how do you address your audience do you work with classic buyer personas i had one one guy on the show he said he has a life-size um, paper cutout like a lifestyle a bravo poster or something of his clients in the office so do you segment your audience do you do you have a very specific idea or is it how do you work with them
1: i think it's a good idea to print it out in and and life idea. size yeah. um we should do that too um we have we also have some kind of persona which mm-hmm. is very um concretely uh, described yeah. um but we all it's more like a persona that people want to be so mm-hmm. it's like we have for example we have a guideline what we are and what we are not okay. for um our com- visual communication mm-hmm. because so we say we are sensitive but we are not too over sexy so um you know, mm-hmm. we are we are um, not too loud, not too extreme, but we like to be a little edgy. So, yep. and we have pictures for that, That's what we, cool. how we see it. So, because in the beauty uh, market, if you see, for example, Sephora or all the international Kylie cosmetics and all the very big international brands, because we compare with international brands, we don't compare ourselves with, German. there are some German brands, but the big ones are also sure. international.
0: Sure.
1: So there are, I think there are two directions and the one direction is with these very long nails um, and um, everything is very extreme. So they want the biggest lips, they want the mm-hmm. biggest lashes, mm-hmm. they want the longest hair with the best beach waves, uh, big boobs <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah. So they are maximizing everything. Mm-hmm. and But we don't want it at Niche Beauty. We are a little bit more understatement. Yeah so we say we want to be beautiful but beauty is for us also from the inside it's not only putting everything on top mm-hmm. so you mm-hmm. have to be relaxed it's more a holistic approach maybe so um so you our, work with
0: role models we work with more
1: models we work with um we have um mood boards yep. where we um and we update it every once in a while mm-hmm. so but mm-hmm. we see that our mood board from five years ago is still Um, totally on time now at the moment. So, um, yeah, we have this role model, but we also know because we're very pricey, so we have the luxury customer, Mm -hmm. but we have also customers who say, okay, today I do something good for me. Mm -hmm. So I buy this really, really expensive product because I want to do something good for me. So it's not only the luxury uh, customers who are buying on a regular basis with very high um, baskets, shopping Mm -hmm. baskets. Mm -hmm. It's also... um, Normal people who say they want to do this themselves, something special, yeah. something very nice, yeah. offer presents or something like that.
0: That's interesting. So maybe we can we can before before we move on, maybe we can dig a little bit into your into your marketing funnel or your sales funnel. We talked about different media outlets, Instagram, your website, videos, um, TikTok, maybe even, and then you have a print magazine. Do you still with a three hundred sixty degree kind of try? And target your customer journeys or are there certain channels that you know that if they are on this channel they will probably come back or make a sale or how do you how do you tie it all together because i can imagine if people that are not that experienced here you're on so many channels and formats and media how do you tie it all together
1: i think it has a lot to do with experience and testing mm-hmm. um because my approach, I think uh, other people think different, but for me, I, I'm like the operative type, and I think the modern media is not about thinking about can we do it because half a year later you have different features and a different trend and maybe a new social media mm-hmm. um, channel. So I think the most important thing is to try it out. Yeah. And I have an example which is many people who don't know the business say you have to do more video. For example, mm-hmm. you have to go on YouTube. But we really um, checked it out and developed uh, some um, own YouTube formats. But we, we realized that nobody is watching videos from companies on YouTube. This does not work. Even the big companies, nobody. It's like you know, in uh, ten years ago, you said nobody reads your blog. Now it's like you can tell every company nobody watches your corporate channel yeah. so they watch the channels of influencers of real people so you have to be there in the channel of someone else yeah. but it, it's n- it, because it's so expensive to produce your own video on even especially if you're in the luxury business mm-hmm. do you have to do have the perfect light yeah. this is really you cannot just say we end. make yeah. a little it's all really high-end production that's also with our photography is high and so we cannot make um um, amateur videos mm-hmm. so we have to do a high end production and um this is so um yeah um expensive um, aufwendig mm-hmm. Um so it, it, that is is not uh, it's not um in a relation to to this Absolute, yeah. to the reach and uh, to the resonance and yeah. we tried it a lot and we see it um for every competitor tried it. we all tried it, the whole branch tried yeah. it because at first you think, yeah, and then you make a beauty video how to put on the cream, but nobody watches it if you're a company, they think, yeah. oh, they want to sell this cream. Yep. So I don't watch it. Yeah, absolutely. But if you put your cream to, for example, Hatice Schmidt, which is one of the best uh one of the most popular um influencers. in beauty influences, so everyone is ah, if she says it's nice, so th- then I buy it. Um so this is one thing. The other thing is the same video is working on um is totally working on Instagram Mm -hmm. for example in Reels or IGTV so everybody is watching the same video is not watched on YouTube but the customer is watching it on Instagram so these are all experiences you have to make experiences you have to make okay the people want videos but they want videos not in. and so it's also about the format so um, it's vertically and not horizontally and I think a lot of companies um, made very sad uh, experiences yeah (laughs) But very. that's that's how you learn, right? Yeah, that's how you learn. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. Go back maybe a little bit in time because I talked to a lot of clients from different industries and also a lot of luxury industry clients or, or friends who work in this line of work. And a lot of things changed during the last two years of the pandemic. And I think some luxury brands really gain a lot of trust and a lot of new clients because... People that are used to luxury, that want to spend money, spend it on different things because you can't travel, you don't have to buy a yard if you can't use it and you don't have to go on expensive holidays. So I wonder what, how your experience in e-commerce as a lifestyle brand, what it changed you over the last two years of the pandemic?
1: Yeah, um, I think it changed a lot for for Niche Beauty in a very positive way. So um, we are one of the Corona winners because um, at first the people did not trust um, online beauty. Many people said, how can I buy a perfume online when I don't smell it? How can I buy a makeup when I don't see the color? How can I buy um a cream when I don't feel it on my skin and don't see the results. So the people were very skeptical, but due to Corona, they had to try it. Yeah. And then yeah. um now they're all <laughs> That's what they
0: and, used to say about shoes. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, and about
1: books from Amazon. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and um and the people experienced this is working. Mm-hmm. For example, we have um you can with every um purchase you get two samples you can choose. Mm-hmm. So you always get two samples, you see the next, ah, uh, this cream, I like it very much, or I like the smell and I, I try it out. So the people um, who were at first a little scared of online shopping beauty products had to do it and they really, they experienced that it's so easy and that it's so nice and also a luxurious feeling to get a nice uh, packaging, which is also very important to get a nice packet, have a nice packaging. So it feels like a present, so it does not feel like Amazon or something, so you you have the feeling you would give a present to yourself and all this um experience um uh, made the customer um and so the customers stay at with niche beauty now yeah so their first um, yeah we, we gained a lot of new customers and um and now they are um, very they happy and st- they great. stayed and they're satisfied and they do it so they don't want to go into the city and anymore
0: yeah did it also change what or how they buy new channels or new product that got more important
1: yes yes for sure they, that's very interesting because um decorative cosmetic like makeup yeah. and colors uh, nobody bought it so they bought more like for the skin and for healthy making their stuff, yeah. healthy stuff supplements for example it's one of the uh, mo- uh, fastest growing markets mm-hmm. So you eat some pills inside to have, for example, um, vitamins and oh. zinc and whatever, okay. all these all these things. Um, so supplements is one of the most growing and also hair because they couldn't go to the um, hairdresser. Yep, I
0: can imagine.
1: <laughs> people couldn't go to the hairdresser. People couldn't go to the manicure. Yep. People couldn't go to the cosmetic uh, studio. So they all do it at home now. So they're celebrating their home spa and they're collecting a lot of tools which are very expensive but it's not that expensive if you uh, do it in a studio so they buy a lot of tools and stuff like that
0: okay that's that's very interesting i want to i want to go back in time even further not only two years during the pandemic but i want to go back over 10 years i guess because you've been working in the past uh, for the german newspaper zeit online you worked there for eleven years, actually, here in Hamburg. You did graphic design and art direction, and so you're very much used to working editorially. And I wonder if you still took something away that you apply on your job today, because what you tell me it sounds like every week a new campaign, three hundred and sixty approach, and you it feels to me that you still work in very in a very editorial style, scouting trends, building this brand uh, with a lot of content. Is there something you took away from your work at, at a newspaper?
1: Yeah, at Site Online, I worked a lot with ads. Mm-hmm. So we did our own ads in other magazines or in other websites. Uh-huh. And we um, I developed a lot of ad formats that were new at this time on Site Online nice. for the customers or on the app or I... Um, was also developing apps for site online and stuff like that. So it was um, mainly digital. So this is what I do at the moment too. So I learned a lot of how is a product and it can be anything if it's a newspaper or if it's a beauty product or it's a t-shirt. Okay. So it's a displaying a product and telling a story about it online and how to, um, become, uh, get the customer to, to make it interesting for the customer. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, that sounds like you you took a lot of things away that you can still apply today. That's great. Okay, but you not only worked as an art director in the world of news, you've also been an entrepreneur. You founded your own clothing label called Oh Yeah Clothing and you ran it for four years. Um, Was that an application of your design skills for a physical product or have you always been drawn to fashion maybe you can give us a little little story of your of your fashion startup (laughs)
1: okay yeah um it was a fun time um and I always loved fashion so um, I was always interested in in fashion and it was also um, a um, a conscious fashion label so I could merge the thing that I wanted to change make a a positive, mm-hmm. um, impact to the world with my love of fashion. And then it started, I illustrated a lot and I studied illustration and communication design. So the fashion label was, um, I have to start a little earlier because I worked for another fashion label mm-hmm. as an illustrator before okay. just for fun. Mm-hmm. So it was a charity fashion label and, um, I illustrated, um, a lot of t-shirts and my illustrations were on the t-shirt. So yep. I like graphic design on a t-shirt. And everybody loved my designs. So they were shopped a lot. <laughs> name, that's great. The name of the um, label was Noble Project. We also had a lot of collaborations with artists like Lala Berlin and Mirko Borsche and Michalski. So we, it was an artist label. and um, But our own collection, um, I did the designs for our own collection. Cool. And everybody loved my designs a lot. So because I think I was a little, my work is always a little between being deep and commercial. So that's what I fight all the time so in everything of my work so Mm -hmm. I try to touch a lot of people with my work um and I don't want to make it too complicated and um that's my goal so in everything I do I try not to make it too complicated and too um yeah sophisticated so I want everyone to get the feeling yeah and um with this label I saw the chance um yeah, to put my, my own artworks on T-shirts and sell them and make a positive impact to the world. And because everybody wants and needs fashion. And at that point, um, at that time, all the fair fashion labels were, in my in my opinion, very boring. But it was all beige and gray yeah. with, with sad people standing in front of a brick wall. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, why are they not having fun? Can't we change the world and, by, and and have fun with it. Yeah, that's, a, that's <laughs> so, a good approach. So I wanted it to be fun and a little bit more colorful. Yeah. So we made uh, fun, uh, fun stuff and colorful stuff. Yeah.
0: That's great. Okay, so that's that's how you started. And then at what point did you say, okay, I'm going all in. I'm going to found my own fashion label.
1: First we started it as um, not like a hobby we always wanted to side make it business. big but a side business yep. yeah so i worked at uh, at site online and then i was in side because mm-hmm. I, I had a child and um in that time i was um, developing in more and we just um i did it together with my um, ex husband so we were um, family <laughs> we mm-hmm. wanted to start a family business and be um, and we wanted to be independent from everything and make our own business. And we saw an opportunity in, in his skills and my skills. So we started it. And at the beginning, it, it was going very well. And after one and a half years where the company was a little bigger and then we could afford to um, also um, employ me. So yep. I uh, quitted my job. at Site online, but really with one crying eye because I uh, loved the company and I still loved it. But I said, okay, this is my chance to make my own Absolutely. company. Sure. I want to try it. I'm no, I'm, I was. I think I was 35 or 36 at that time. And I said, okay, if I don't do it now, I want to exp- make the experience. Yep. I always wanted to have my own company, to be honest. And then we, we we did it. So we moved into um some kind of loft uh, industrial area um and all this stuff nice and then the <laughs> and yeah
0: and then it started yeah okay amazing and you ran it for four years and do you want to share what happened why you why you quit it
1: <laughs> oh, only 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 why we quit it or just also because uh, also the story between
0: depends on if you want to tell it
1: um yeah it was i think it was two and a half years it was very successful and we just um it was a hype that we created, but also some hype we served with yeah. some hype because we had some uh, designs that were very innovative, mm-hmm. or we were the first who got this trend. For example, a sweatshirt with a small heart on the breast, yeah. or for example, we had the first um, sweatshirts and t-shirts with, with patches um, yeah. with rainbow and yeah. patches. We had the we had the first um, sweatshirt for grown-ups with a unicorn on it. <laughs>
0: No, it's a big trend now. Big huge trend, huge trend, big trend. It's, wow, it yeah. started
1: there, and and we were everywhere. So every all the celebrities were wearing it in TV, and it's the influencers of that time was not so expensive as today. So the influencers just were wearing it because they loved it. Yeah. So it was hyped, and then the um, stationary um, shops wanted to have it yeah. because it was hyped. We were at the fashion week. And it was everywhere in the press. We were, every week we were in the, oh yeah, it was in the press. We had very good press agencies and it worked It worked very well in this time. So, um, and then we got investors and uh, we wanted to we were growing and uh, yeah. And then <laughs> production was growing. Um, so we had big amounts of production. To handle mm-hmm. and uh, to deal with. And um, we had some production pro- problems. So we could not deliver some styles to very big customers. I don't want to say names, but everyone would know them. So we could not deliver. Um, and we had, re- so we struggled a lot with mm-hmm. the production. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. changed to different places, to different factories. And yeah. And then it was a really hard time because we were not very many people. I had to discuss all the time with production and. Um, and then happened uh, another thing happened that we um, got uh, sued, sued by, by the Rolling Stones.
0: Sweet people, it's time to share your brand story. In the attention economy, successful brands are storytellers. They capture the attention of the audience by sharing engaging and meaningful content. And I believe that every company, entrepreneur or creative has an amazing story to tell. So what's yours? I help you share your story with the world. With cross-media content strategy, editorial plans for your daily work, and a long-lasting brand narrative to build up a great audience. To find out more, check out sweetspot-studio.com and get in touch, because it's time to tell your story. And now, let's get back to the show.
1: We got sued by the Rolling Stones because we had... (laughs) A very nice lip sweater with a lip yeah. that was um, um,
0: the tongue. It, it looked like it, it looked, looked like the it tongue similar to the Rolling it, Stones. It looked logo, similar right? to the Rolling Stones. Okay. It was
1: also a quote of pop culture of the Rolling mm-hmm. Stones. It looked a little bit similar to the Rolling Stones. I yeah. thought I quoted the Rolling Stones, but the Rolling Stones f- uh, felt copied. And wow. then and then we got sued. And at the moment where this um, this piece was sold all over Germany and the yeah. part of Europe. So we had to tell them how many we sold. And then they wow. su- also sued some other big companies. I don't want to say the names yeah. that sold. Also sold this hurt wow. So yeah. we had to pay all the processes also of the companies. Cash that, and Sex with Amundi um yeah. that had our styles because wow. it was our fault yeah and for us as a very small um label that already struggled a little with the with the production yeah, yeah, and yeah. i had i had me as a designer i i was flying to the production and discussing and sure. and i could not have that did not have enough time to make more designs so so it was really hard time and um yeah so we could not afford all these big costs. And then after one year of fighting and struggling, we just said, okay, it's too, it's too, we we cannot uh, take it anymore. So then we closed the label. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, but as every entrepreneurial story, I think you took away so much from it, so much experience, so much um, great moments. Um, I think I mean, of course, it's sad if you have to close it down, but I don't think people have to always label it as a failure or something. It's just an experience you had and it sounds like it was a great time with the fashion week and everything and it didn't work out, but that's okay. Then you move on, do other things. So I'm very interested. I always think it's very interesting if designers or other creatives go into an entrepreneurial job. So I'm really keen to know how your view on design and working creatively changed over that period of time?
1: Yeah, I, I think I can understand um, my bosses better mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. because it's often a fight between the, not the CEOs, but for example, the marketing and the graphic team. I know it from a lot of companies or the, the, the creative team and the customer. So there's so many big fights because yeah. of not enough understanding for each other. Yeah. So if you understand the pressure that the customer or the CEO has, and I know exactly how the pressure feels. If you have such, um, yeah, the res- responsibility for su- so much many, uh, so m- for people and for money, um, then you cannot discuss ma- some things or you cannot do some things that maybe look in the first place crazy. Yeah. So, but the the, the difficult the um, difficult thing is that you can. Um, go into a direction which is too much um, on safety so you lose the the freedom and the creativity so it's always trying to find the balance between mm-hmm. and I think what I think one good thing about it is you have you speak the language um, of the CEO more so you can tell explain them why you do things and Absolutely. maybe a lot of creatives They say, I did hear the red because I feel like red and everyone is like, okay, I don't care if yeah. you feel red. But if you say all the customers want red at the moment because they feel red, because red is the color of the year and all the uh, all the competitors do red, um, then yeah. the CEO said, oh, okay, we have to do red. Why don't we do red? We have to do it exactly. now. Like exactly. Like that. So it's a communication thing too.
0: That's that's very interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of people can relate to that. Even I can relate to this. When I, when I founded my company and you slowly grow out of your role as only designer and start taking more responsibility for other things it can be hard but it also widens your understanding for other for other parts of the companies and your clients and your coworkers and yeah and I think this is something that you totally bring to your new job and any job you will have in your life that you have this entrepreneurial experience even as a creative person and as a designer so of course I'm interested now going back to niche beauty where you work today how do you view this now do you see yourself as purely head of design do you also think in economical terms um did this change the style you manage your team there's so much you have under your belt with experience now i guess that has a huge impact right
1: yeah you're right um i think it's um it's also good for niche beauty that they Mm -hmm. have a and i think you cannot do a leading design job without any of this experience because you on a daily basis you're talking to people who are in this world and who are only dealing with numbers so i understand that and um for me it's also i like it if things are working out i like it if um if it's not only beautiful but if also um the customers like it and yeah. and they and they love it and they try to buy it more because they because they like it so so it's a win-win situation absolutely yeah yep
0: so and 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 maybe we can we can zoom out a bit more and talk about the big picture stuff so we both come from design and creative industry and i think about a lot what role design plays for the success of a whole company of a whole entrepreneurial venture i mean you could say or Maybe some industries still think marketing helps put out some flyers. Design makes things just a bit more beautiful, but I think design can play a crucial role in the whole brand success. And it sounds like that's also the case for your brand, niche beauty. But if we if we look at the general market, what do you think is the role of design or storytelling for brands in the future?
1: Okay, that's a it's big, big question. It's, it's a big. One. It's a big one. Absolutely. <laughs> um. So. Design in the future, I think everything is becoming more visual. Yeah. So we're consuming a lot of things more visual. Everything is happening on a screen, for example. Um, 70% of the stuff we did for with paper or in meetings is happening on screens now, so it's all consumed with our eyes. Um, and design is just making things easier to understand with your eyes. So I think design is um, so much more important. I think the people who are not working in design, they don't know that they are surrounded daily. Every second they are surrounded by design. They are yep. reacting to design. They are clicking a button because of design. They're buying a product because of design. They're smiling because of design. Um, and um, I think it's becoming more important every every day and <laughs> in, in yep. the next years. Yeah, yep.
0: absolutely. And in our pre-talk, we touched a little bit on Also what you're competing with. Because I think you're not only... As it gets more digital and more... I mean everything is happening on your little smartphone screen. That means you're not competing against other beauty brands in your case or in my case against other studios you it's a whole attention economy battle right you're battling streaming services music podcasts news whatever you can imagine because that's the only thing you can only display one thing on your screen at one time so i think or we can discuss this but i think design also plays a huge part in helping your brand to get more on the storyteller side or on the entertainment side because yeah if you're up against the other ones fighting for attention of the audience, you gotta bring something. You can't just come up with information and be very neutral about it. You gotta entertain a little bit or provoke thought or be out there in some sense. What mm-hmm. do you think?
1: Yeah, I think that's that's the new um that's um the new thing we have to manage as designers yeah. to check to keep the balance between all these shouting and being loud and bling bling. And on the other hand, also being quiet and giving room for the people to rest for a second, because if everyone is shouting, <laughs> exactly. it's it's, it's, it. <laughs> it's yeah. really it's not nice for the people um, and not nice to consume. So you have to always find the balance and to have to find the rhythm. And I think also the internet has a rhythm. And there are times when the internet is more slow because everything is everyone is more reflecting or introverted because of the whole situation of the world so you cannot shout at them at the moment where there is for example war and, or there are many people sick and yeah. and people stay at home and they have problems and children are more are depressed because they don't see other children and all this stuff you cannot say hey everybody look at this so yeah. you have to be very sensitive and this is a very important part um because the big companies they're planning um they are planning in one year. We do this campaign, in half a year we do this campaign. with super fun or on a boat. But then yeah. there is a situation: then the boat is crashed, or for, for example, and you cannot make the boat the commercial. Um, yeah. So yeah. you have yeah. to react very short term. It's not always working if you planned it out. Mm-hmm. It can also be a failure. And I think for and the most people at the moment are in in marketing. They are, um, are long term planners and they know that's how it works and they don't understand why young people and young startup people um yeah. they have such such success they say but they don't know it and i do it since exactly. 20 years and i plan it for one yeah. year but they don't feel the vibe of the internet they don't they don't they don't so, have the sensitivity yeah. what is our customer so you have to change maybe your whole concept because it's not working anymore because the whole society changed and the whole feeling changed yeah, yeah. and that's what corona showed us And that what's the war is showing us. So this is very difficult times for marketers because how do you plan your budgets if you don't know if you can make the party issue in the summer because maybe nobody wants party in summer.
0: Absolutely. So
1: that's difficult.
0: And this kind of awareness, I like that we kind of came full circle because we got back to the point where you said, how do you get inspired by shutting things down and seeing what emerges within you? And that's also... What resonates with society? What do people want? What do they maybe need? What is their, what do they expect from a brand? Are they expecting you to shut up or help you or entertain you or, yeah, and that's something that you can't really lay out as a strategy. That's short term, being agile and really developing a a sensitivity for your audience, what they need, what society resonates with right now. That's, that's very good. That's a very nice thing to come full circle at. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> you know what Susanna I only have two more questions for you two questions that I ask all my guests so the first thing is we talked a lot about your inspiration but maybe there's something that you can recommend to all listeners to all the sweet people listening to this podcast it could be movies books podcasts talks or places that inspire you anything that you think is worth sharing with the people
1: yeah at the moment I read a lot about history yeah because I'm interested in um, because there are um very big things like war or like a pandemic, and I want to see in history what happened, sure. <laughs> how there was there already was a story like that. What did, what happened to the people? Uh, how was it? Uh, and what will happen in the future, maybe? Mm-hmm. So I, I can really recommend. Um, it's not because I work there, but the podcast from the Zeit. Yep. And I really love the podcast uh, from Zeit, podcast from Zeit Geschichte, and I love the podcast from uh, Zeit Augen zu, which is about an artist. Mm-hmm. Um, every uh, one big artist is, inspires me a lot. Also, I, lo- I love the um, I love the the book at the moment. Um, in English, it's a Little History of Humankind from. Harumi Harari? Harari? Yes. Oh yeah.
0: That's on my on my nightstand, the, the next book I'm going to read. Oh, amazing. Really? Yeah.
1: It's really amazing because I think all these um crowd stuff, so how is are, is, are the people working? So how do you organize people? How are, are people reacting to things? Um it's um explained in a psychological and historical way. Yeah. And for me, it's for social media and stuff like that. Or also because I'm interested in privately. Yeah.
0: Um, it's big picture stuff. The big picture stuff. Yeah. yeah.
1: Because, um, yeah, that's what I could recommend. Yeah.
0: That's amazing. Sweet people are going to find all these recommendations in the show notes to German podcasts and the Good old Harari book, amazing. So the last question I want to ask you is: What can we actually look forward to? What's next from you personally? From Niche Beauty? Is there some amazing drop pump coming up? A new magazine that's going to be published? What can we look forward to?
1: Oh yes, there is a lot of uh, there are a lot of things coming up. For example, the, our magazine is uh, is published uh, released next week. Sweet people, <laughs> I like <Yeah>. that. <laughs> and. Um, and for us, the next big thing is internationalization. Yeah. So we are now in 150 cu- uh, countries, which is a lot, and different languages and different ways how they pay mm-hmm. and different, for example, Mother's Day is different in many countries. Yeah. So you have to do campaigning for all the wow. different <laughs> cultures. And I think that's the next um, thing, big thing for us.
0: That's amazing. All right. So people, wherever you are in the world, you can probably soon check out Niche. Beauty, Susanne, thank you so much. Um, I really enjoyed our talk, and I think a lot of people took away a lot of design and inspiring topics. It's great. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Whew, sweet people! What a talk! I'm happy Susanne shared her own entrepreneurial journey with us and gave us a look behind the scenes of a very exciting beauty brand that is known for outstanding storytelling. I was especially impressed with the print magazine and the fact that the design department has the freedom to create products. I think this is a big inspiration on how storytelling and design can impact your brand's success. Next week I'll be talking to Daniela Sinicroppi. She's an architect and interior designer from Florence, Italy, specialized on expats from the US to help them find their dream home in Tuscany. We'll discuss the power of design and architecture on our work and life. That's all, folks. Take care. Have a great week. And I hear you on the sweet side. This podcast is produced by Sweet Spot Studio. New episodes each week wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you enjoyed the show, leave a rating and subscribe to never miss an episode. Find out more at sweetspot studio.com.